Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. All right, we didn't do a lot of tournament talk uh, necessarily on the Wendy's Big Show. So Don with Chillis, Journey House College Sports Show, comes up here in about 15 minutes. Want to replay Ryan Horvath from BetMGM tonight, Odyssey. We talked a lot of Badgers, talked some Marquette. Since Marquette doesn't start till 3.30, I want to get, get you some of that too if you missed that. His thoughts on both those games and how far he thinks both those teams can run. He and I disagree on Wisconsin. Uh, so you can hear that coming up at about 2.35. So Wachillis, uh first, uh, we'll get a hold of him, uh, and then we'll play back Ryan Horvath from the Big Show back in the first hour. Uh, focus some on the, the tournament right now. And speaking of it, turning time is here, and Odyssey has you covered. Listen to live play-by-play for every game, plus access, daily team podcasts, betting tips, and more. Visit odyssey.com slash tourney or the Odyssey app today. Uh, and take advantage of that. So we had some breaking news in the break. I, I got to go over here to Adam Roberts. So we go to break, and all of a sudden, Adam Roberts sometimes will will get a little excited over there, and then me and Lorraine are like, oh, boy, something's going on. What's going on over there? Uh, Adam Roberts, uh, you got some news from the NFL. Yes, I do get excited. Now, I don't know how this is going to go, but it is interesting, and it really got Leroy Butler jumping and jumping after we were done with the big show, too. A plot twist per NFL Network's Ian Rapoport concerning former Packers pass rusher Zadarius Smith. He is not signing his deal with the Ravens after all. According to Rapoport, sources say he remains a free agent. So what happened? What happened? I mean, Baltimore's not in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So this has nothing to do with Deshaun Watson, does it? I mean, unless he signs with the Falcons all of a sudden. Uh, and they're trying to load up that Falcons team to try and uh, try and convince them, uh, to convince Deshaun Watson that they can compete right away, unless that's what's going on. I, I don't know. What if, what if, I love doing what ifs. It drives Gary crazy. What if they convinced Zadarius Smith to come back on a one-year deal to do it again? What if that happens? How crazy would that be? Rodgers gets out on the phone, Preston Smith, all these dudes. It's Darius. Come on, man. Come back. Let's do one one year. Let's try this again. My money is on the Cowboys and Jerry Jones up the ante to the point where he couldn't say no and change his mind before he signed it. That's my guess. Now, I have no inside information, Adam Roberts, but my guess would be Jerry Jones got his grubby hands on this and said, pay him more money. 
let's get him here until with Micah Parsons. That's you, they lost Randy Gregory. They need another pass rusher. He's one of the few that are left. Like to me, that is probably my guess as to what happened. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll find something else out uh, as far as why Zadarius Smith all of a sudden uh, decided not to do that. Something's going on here. Now, Ken Ingles quote tweeted Ian Rappaport's tweet and said maybe he failed his physical. But I guess he doesn't say, Rappaport doesn't say that he changed his mind, right? He just said that he's not signing his deal and is a free agent. Yeah, the physical, I guess, is a possibility at this point. I get, oh, no. Uh, Something has happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, some baseball news out. It's not bad. Um, baseball news out. 2022 draft details are out. It's going to be a 20-round draft. So now normally the amateur draft is in June every year. First week of June, right? They changed it. And I will just, let me just say this. Smartly, they changed it. Can you look up quick? What is the all-star game? What date uh, is the all-star game uh, for Major League Baseball? Let's see if they did this correctly or not. This is what I want to find out. The date is July 19th. Brilliant. And that's a what day is that? I need a sec. Is that a... Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, July 19th is a Tuesday, a Tuesday. So the 18th is a Monday. That'll be home run derby. Right. And then the games end Sunday afternoon or whatever it is, right. Don't they all play afternoon games normally before the all-star break? I believe so. So what the MLB decided to do is they're going to have the all the draft in LA That's Sunday the 17th, Monday the 18th, and Tuesday the 19th. So you'll get TV, I'm assuming, on that Sunday night the 17th. It'll be in L.A. where the all-star festivities are going to happen. Now, we'll see how they play this. Are they going to try, the MLB, are they going to try and do a live show with actual audience members? Because you got to figure, people are going to L.A., for All-Star Week to be at the game, right? So you're going to have your All-Star festivities probably going on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night in L.A. before everything gets going. Then you're going to have Home Run Derby and all that stuff Monday. Don't they usually do the softball game on Sunday night? Like Sunday mid-afternoon. Something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got all your All-Star festivities uh, going. Will they try to do some type of maybe outdoor amateur draft where you actually have you know, your green room and actually have people show up uh, to watch this thing and make it a live event versus just doing it in the MLB Network studios. Well, anything would be better than that. Right. Because as you have said, and I am in total agreement with you, the MLB Amateur Draft is by far and away the worst of the four major sports. And part of the reason it's the worst is because you don't know the guys. So everybody's watching the tournament. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people are watching the tournament, right? People are out at the bars, I think. Uh, right now, watching the tournament. People are out by their buddy's house. They all took off work watching the tournament. College kids aren't in class because they're watching the tournament. Rami Makhlouf even has said he is caring enough to watch the college tournament. Yeah, I don't believe him. 
Um, so Rami Makhlouf is off today, actually. Toby Altizer in. Now, Rami is off because he's on the score tonight, 6-9, to nine, I think, or something like that, uh, hosting at the score tonight. And then tomorrow, he actually did take off. Um, so I don't know what that has to do with the tournament one way or the other for him. But either way. So people are watching college basketball, right? So this kid uh, for Memphis that came back, Bates, he comes in the game, shoots a three, hasn't played since January. It's one of the best players in the country. Comes back, hits a three. Everybody goes nuts. Memphis is up. Okay, fine. So now when the draft comes, people are going to remember guys that they saw in the tournament and be like, oh, that dude had a big tournament. Yeah, man, I want him, I want him on my crappy Detroit Pistons team or whatever team that you pick that, that's going to have a lottery pick, right? So you can relate. The audience for, say, the College World Series or college baseball, I don't believe is anywhere even remotely close to that of what the NCAA tournament is. The only it's not even chance, not even close. The only exception might be in like the Southeast, where I think it is maybe a little bit more watched, kind of like college football compared maybe to the NFL. Maybe because you don't have as many pro teams down there in some of those states. Like Alabama doesn't have a pro team and so forth. You've got minor league baseball, but you don't have pro teams. So maybe from that aspect, maybe there is more of that. But for most people across the country, they're not watching a ton of college baseball unless you have somebody involved in it. Then what makes it even worse is they're going to draft high school kids in this amateur draft. So now you have high school kids that literally nobody has watched because there's not much high school baseball on TV. There's not a lot of high school baseball. So you're not going to see those kids, at least for high school basketball, thanks to LeBron James, there's a lot more high school basketball games on now than there ever has been in the past. When they put LeBron James on TV for the first time, that was a whole big thing. Like, oh my God, ESPN is carrying a high school game? What is the world coming to? Glorifying high school sports. As it was, you'd have the McDonald's High School All-American game, right? So in that aspect, you could see some of the star high school players that may get drafted. Again, for baseball, they don't have that. They don't promote some huge uh, ultimate all-star high school game that's broadcast on ESPN and and everybody's saying, hey, he's a first-round pick. He's a first-round pick. He's a first-round pick and start having that. You don't have that. So that takes away from the want to, A, go to the events, right, if it's going on, and B, uh, from watching the event, because even if and when your team drafts somebody, you're going to have no idea who that person is. And then you're relying on my guy, Jim Callis, uh, to tell you from MLB Pipeline how good this guy is or how good he thinks this guy is. Uh, So I think that kind of takes away from it. Furthermore, uh, also coming up from Sam Dykstra uh, on Twitter, Draft Combine will now be from June 14th to the 20th. I don't know about the Draft Combine. I don't know if it's going to work or how the whole thing's going to work. Now they're going down the road of the NBA and the NFL, right? Trying to get your measurables, get all the medicals, having a chance to talk to kids and doing all that type of stuff. Plus, Uh, allowing them the opportunity to play in front of all these MLB scouts and kind of stacking these guys all up uh, together at this point. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But I I think it's a great move by Major League Baseball, having that draft the first day of the draft, that Sunday night before the home run derby. Now you're going to lose everybody else on Monday and Tuesday because now you have home run derby in the All-Star game. So I would assume that you have the rest of the draft during the day 
carry it on TV, maybe during the day on that Monday, carry it on TV, maybe during the, well, they won't carry it on TV. Who am I kidding? They're only going to carry the first round. But then on Monday and Tuesday, you do that during the day. So these executives and so forth can still get to the home run derby if they want to go or get to the all-star game or uh, whatever the case may be. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a nice move uh, by Major League Baseball to try and spotlight uh, one way or the other. Hayden Hurst. There's another tight end uh, that was out there uh, that people were looking at. He was with the Falcons. The Bengals have now signed Hayden Hurst uh, to a one-year deal. So that's another uh, tight end off the board. You got to think the Packers are going to pick up a tight end here uh, at some point. Now, I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money necessarily, but I do think uh, they are going to sign some type of veteran tight end would be my guess. We'll have to wait and see. Let's talk about uh, my friends over at Q Club of Wisconsin. And I'm willing to bet you, I don't have a camera to look into Q Club of Wisconsin from the radio station uh, here in Hales Corners. But I'm willing to bet you that place is absolutely jam-packed. The tournament going on right now, the place to watch all your favorite games while enjoying your own indoor games is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch all the games. I want you to play your favorite indoor games in their huge entertainment game room. Indoor bocce ball, pool tables, darts, foosball, table tennis, shuffleboard, you name it, they got it. And then have some great food while you're at it. Loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up (laughs) with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and weekend live entertainment updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Up next, Dawood Chillis. Hosts of the Journey House College Sports Show with Dan Underberg on Thursday nights from 6 to 8. He's getting ready to do a show tonight. Getting ready to watch Marquette coming up here at 3.30. We'll talk with him straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. So I gotta, I gotta own up to something. I screwed up. I screwed up, and I gotta own up to it on the radio. Now, Talk to Don Wachillis about it. He's an educator, so he can help me get through this. Uh, but first, let me tell you about my friends over at Young Express. You want to become a successful transporter of expedited freight, right? Pick stuff up, drop stuff off. That's it. That's what you're going to do. You're going to drive for a career. So if you love driving, don't like having that guy over your shoulder while you're working in a cubicle or working on the assembly line, and you're like, the hell with all this. I want to do something else. I got you. Young Express, man. Live a stress-free lifestyle. Put the windows down. Turn up the radio to the fan and drive, baby, drive, and get paid for it, too. Now, Young Express, they have a 24-7 dispatch team, extremely dedicated. Take it very personal to keep drivers moving. If you're not moving, you're not making any money, right? Now, you can drive locally, regionally, or nationwide. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. They're looking for full-time independent contractors. Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G express.com. Young Express, success drives them. Joining us now, he is Don Wachillis, Journey House College Sports Show. Him and Dan Underbrook, Thursday night, 6 to 8. Back on the air again tonight. He's joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Hello, Don. Good afternoon, Steve. I feel pretty bad right now. I mean, I I feel like I want to laugh about it because to me it's kind of funny, but it's not. So I, I got my kid in trouble at school, and I, I think I got him a detention. <laughs> okay, what'd you do? 
Well, I just got texted and said that from from mom that he got a cell phone detention. And I texted okay. him, I texted her back. I said, that's totally my fault. I've been sending him stuff all day. He's a Falcons fan. So every Deshaun Watson thing I see, I screenshot and I send to him on his phone. So uh, I'm, I, I'm sure that he kept pulling out his phone and looking at his phone as I was sending him stuff for the last, you know, eight hours, whatever it's been. Uh, and I'm sure that's probably why he got in trouble. And yeah, feel bad. It'll, it'll, it'll all, I wouldn't, it'll all work out. Yeah, he'll feel, uh, he'll get through it. And listen, you're keeping him up to speed. On one of his favorite teams, yeah. So I, I, Who I think suck. He'll, I think he'll get over it very quickly. Right, his favorite teams. Well, he'll get over it more quickly if Watson signs with the Falcons. Now, if he goes to the Saints yeah. and he got a detention because <laughs> of all this, then I don't think it's going to go as smoothly for me. But if he goes to the Falcons, he'd be like, "Yeah, I don't care. Whatever. We got Deshaun Watson." So I don't know. What's... Right. You, if he ends up in New Orleans, you might need a trip to the sporting goods store to ease things out a little bit. Yes, I think you're correct. Yes, some type of baseball <laughs> thing, one way or the other, will try to get me out of trouble. <laughs> Uh, Don, uh, we have Marquette in North Carolina first uh, in this first yeah. matchup uh, at 3.30. Uh, thoughts going into that one? Um, you know, fingers crossed, everything possible that you can to get Marquette that opening round win, something they haven't had seemingly. It's there for the taking. Um, even if North Carolina brings their A game, it's all going to be about Marquette being able to play 40 minutes. We've seen too many times this year when they've fallen and put one on the losing column is the fact that they have not played 40 minutes and, and they've just, they've had either a rough first half or a rough second half, whatever the case may be. They just really need to put together 40 minutes of basketball this afternoon. And I think they can take the Tar Heels down. The Tar Heels have been up and down all year. They look great one game like they did against Duke in Coach K's final game. And then when they get to the tournament, uh, the conference tournament, they didn't they didn't look very well. And that's been their MO all season long. So who knows what North Carolina is going to bring into the game this afternoon. For me, it's all about Marquette playing 40 minutes. I think that's true. And I am I'm concerned, as you pointed out, that they haven't been playing all that well as of late. Uh, and we were talking about it earlier with Ryan Horvath, and I'll play that interview coming up next uh, from the Wendy's Big Show, uh, about you know Justin Lewis and h- how well will he play in this thing. But for me, it's I-, I know what I'm getting from Justin Lewis, I think. For me, it's how good of an offensive performance will we get from Morcel? Because I think partially, and tell me if I if you disagree, I think Morcel plays better defense when he's going offensively. When he's not going offensively, I think his defense tends to suffer. Uh oh, I think we lost. Donald. No, there you are. I got you. There we go. No, okay, go ahead. Back. All right, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think he ends up being at his best when he's playing on both ends of the floor extremely well. That you're not necessarily just relying on him to shut somebody down defensively, or the rest of the team is just ice cold and you need him to put the ball in the basket. He when when he's playing both ways, so to speak offensively and defensively, when that part of his game is working equally, that's when he's at his best, and he's going to be a very integral part if they're going to come away with a win here this afternoon. Would you agree that no matter what happens, it was a good season for Marquette? Yeah, a very surprising season, um, Steve, and and we've talked about this uh, on your show, is the fact that we all thought that Shaka Smart was going to need a year to kind of implement a system and get things together to get it rolling 
and everybody was looking forward to next year. Like, be respectable this year, but let's see what happens next year. And he did that on fast forward. You know, it only took him about a month or so, and then everything started to click. And I agree. I think it's going to be a successful season regardless of what happens here in a little over an hour. It's just hopefully it's a win so that Marquette can get over that hump of always. Uh-oh. I think we lost him again. Don's cell phone uh, is going in and out here uh, as we are having this conversation. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to drop Don Wichilis. Boom, there we go. Let's call him back and see if we can get a better connection uh, with Don Wichilis. I agree with Don uh, from Marquette's perspective uh, in the fact that, look, you, you brought back like two guys on this roster, one of which, thank God, was Justin Lewis who decided to come back. Uh, and I believe Greg Elliott was the other one. And th- th- those are the two guys that you came back with. So you essentially had to build an entire roster from scratch through, you know, the recruits that were going to go to Texas that decided to come here. Transfers from other universities like Colick from George Mason and so forth. And then put them all together, try and build chemistry as quickly as possible, try and get them on the same page, pulling the rope in the right direction, right? So everybody's uh, got good team chemistry, and then go. And they were cooking at one point during the season. They were absolutely cooking. And guys were hitting shots. They were playing outstanding defense. And you still see uh, from this Shaka Smart team instances down with Chillis where this Marquette team, when they put their mind to it, can lock up an opposing five. Yes, definitely. I I think they have shown um, on the defensive side of things such an unbelievable upgrade over what we saw with Coach Wojo that that part of the of the equation really surprised me. I thought we were going to see more on the offensive side. We were going to see obviously more motion and more transition. But I've been unbelievably surprised, pleased, happy, whatever you want to say, with regards to Marquette playing defense. You know, the other thing, too, uh, about Marquette is the conference that they play in. How good do you think that conference was this year in the Big East? Oh, I think the Big East, when you look at how many teams got into the tournament, was a pretty competitive conference. And even the teams on the lower side of things that didn't uh, necessarily put as many wins up as uh, they would have liked to, I think those games were competitive all with the exception of Georgetown. Georgetown, to me, was the only leaker in the in the league this year that they just they just struggled. They just seemingly struggled from the get go. And you even saw a team like DePaul play better at the end of the year. It took a while for them under their new regime to get things going. And once they did, that was a much better team coming down the stretch than maybe the first three quarters of the year. Talking with Don Wachillis, check out his show tonight. Him and Dan Underberg, Journey House College Sports Show. Evan Heffelfinger, obviously always there as well each and every night, 6 to 8 here on The Fan as he joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Let's switch gears. Uh, did you pick? No, I don't think I asked you to pick. Who you got, uh, Marquette or North Carolina? I'm taking Marquette tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, the tea leaves have lined up properly, and I'll take Marquette to get at least one in this tournament. That would be a huge victory because Wojo couldn't do that. So, I mean, if they get one, that's just the cherry on top, no matter what happens after that. Uh, So let's talk now about the Badgers tomorrow night, 8.50 start. They get Colgate. Uh, And for me, I've got the Badgers losing to Iowa State in the second round. Where do you see the Badgers going? No, see, I have the Badgers at least going now. It depends. I've got two brackets I'm looking at here, Steve. I've I've got Wisconsin in one bracket. I went with my heart. And I have them in the final four. 
Then I got one God. where I think I think I think I use my brain, and I have them at least go into the Sweet 16. I have them uh, dropping there, but I think they can get past Iowa State. I mean, Iowa State's a good ball club, um, and we're assuming obviously that they'll beat LSU in that opening round. But if Wisconsin can get healthy, and what I mean by healthy is not maybe physically healthy, but mentally healthy. Because they looked a little bit out of sorts coming down the stretch after that loss. Sure did. The Rutgers at home yep. and then losing in the Big Ten tournament. If if they can use Colgate, now Colgate's a decent team, don't get me wrong, but if they can use them to get mentally healthy, then I think they can win both tomorrow night and Sunday and then head to the Sweet 16. I'm going to say this, and we'll see if I'm right or wrong. If they lose to Colgate, Everybody's not going to care about how they superseded expectations to get into the tournament. It's not going to, nope. nobody's going to care. It's not going to be a talking point. It's going to be, holy crap, how did you screw that up? That's what it's going to be. And furthermore, it's going to hurt Johnny Davis's draft stock if they can't beat Colgate. It's going to. Because if you're National Player of the Year, you're supposedly a lottery pick, and you lose to Colgate, it's going to hurt Johnny Davis's draft stock. Different than if you lose to Iowa State or somebody else outside of, you know, these guys that, that are in the tournament uh, to go in and get beat and go home. The the pressure against Colgate is coming from a lot of different facets, and you just named a couple of them, plus the one I mentioned as far as just getting mentally. Colgate team, that's one, 19 out of their last 20. One of the top five, I believe, shooting um, teams from beyond the arc in the country. This is going to be a formidable opponent, one that can't be taken lightly. And yet, with all of that said, you're right, Steve. They can't lose tomorrow. They just can't because though they're going into the season, as the season went on, expectation rose, and now you got to live up to it. I mean, if they were going to be a one seed at one point. I mean, not like two or three weeks ago, Donald Chillis, it was, man, if they went out, they, they might be a one seed. They may get the top line. From that to the three seed, and then you end it on a loss to Colgate. Oh, Lord. Like, I just, I don't yeah. think, I just don't think that that is not going to be pretty for anybody involved. But as you and I have talked about, if they're going to go to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight or the Final Four, Wall and Davidson have to shoot lights out, have to play really well together, and you're going to need Chucky Hepper to continue to play well offensively too. I, I, because if Davidson can't hit hit the outside shot and Tyler Wall struggles for whatever the reason, it's over. Oh, it, absolutely. Because we've seen what's happened in the last two games specifically, what teams are doing to Johnny Davis. I mean, they're they're trying to shut Johnny Davis down, double teaming, and he's still getting his points, don't get me wrong, but they're forcing the Badgers now to have some of those guys that you just mentioned step their game up and be consistent. If they're consistent, then who knows where the Badgers can go. I mean, the ceiling can become unlimited. But that's a tall order to ask when guys so far this year have been a little bit inconsistent at times. And again, it's about getting healthy at the right time. And for the Badgers, it's about getting healthy mentally right now. He is down with Chill. Let's check out him and Dan, Dan Underberg, Evan Heffelfinger, producing like always tonight, Journey House College Sports Show. Tonight, 6 to 8, lots and lots of college basketball action and college basketball talk tonight. Who do you got on the show, Don? Yeah, we're going to have Matt Bells joining us, uh, talking about his new gig with SI covering the Badgers and get some more perspective 
on this upcoming Badger game. We'll keep track of, obviously, everything going on today as far as the tournament goes. And we also have uh, the women on the Division Three side at UW-Whitewater. They're in the Final Four. That game takes place tonight, so we'll keep people up to speed on all of that stuff in the midst of uh, this, this wonderful St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Don Wachillis. I'll be listening tonight. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Take care. There he is, Don Wachillis, Journey House College Sports Show, 6 to 8 tonight. Join us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. I'll breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Up next, you hear from Ryan Horvat. He joined us earlier uh, today on the Wendy's Big Show. He and I differ on our Badger takes. Plus, we get into some Marquette basketball talk as well. Straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast it is sparky's midnight madness presented to you by the milwaukee admirals coming to you live from the lakeland university studios offering evening and online master's programs learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started don't forget, tournament's underway. Tournament coverage brought to you by Discount Liquor. For the best selection in everyday low prices, visit their two locations on Oklahoma Avenue and Main and Barstow in downtown Waukesha. That's Discount Liquor. 
C Sparky Fiverr with you, Adam Roberts, uh, other side of the glass, executive producer. Earlier on today in the Wendy's Big Show, back in the first hour of the show, uh, we were joined by Ryan Horvath of BetMGM Tonight and Odyssey uh, to talk about Wisconsin Marquette, the tournament, and all that fun stuff. And, uh, how fired up when Ryan Horvath is for this bad boy. You know, I know everybody comes on these shows and they say it's the best time of the year, but for me, it's the uh, second best time of the year, March Madness. Second best. Second best, uh, sporting-wise. First best always will be week one of the NFL season. Over the draft? Over the draft. You know why I like week one of the NFL season? Because every, every season, week one of the NFL season, the favorite, in my eyes, are the Green Bay Packers. We're we're zero and zero, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. There's no there's no morning after hangover disappointment because you lost the game where you didn't give up an offensive touchdown, but a punt was blocked. There's no uh, Aaron Rodgers slander, uh, Mike McCarthy slander, Matt Lafleur slander. The week one of the NFL season is the best, but I do love the NCAA tournament. It's weird because uh, you know now I work during these games and. When I was, since the third grade, actually, I was always able to uh, stay home on the Thursday and Friday, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. It was always a gift for my parents because I love these games so much. That's amazing. That, that's, that, that's, yeah. that's good stuff. Can I have a, 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 a question? Uh, and it's a, okay. it's a life question. It, it's not, I don't expect you to have the right answer. But why, why is it that we as human beings always say, oh, instead of zero? Like it's 5.06 in the afternoon instead of it's 5.06 in the afternoon. Or uh, if they start off the year zero and zero, you said they start off the zero the year O and O. Why do we do that? I It drives me nuts. And, I, you know, I mean, you got, a, you got a small son just like I do. And it's why do we say O when it's supposed to be zero? I, I don't have an answer. You know what's great about that is I feel like, and especially when I used to do um, play-by-play, I would always – zero everything would be like 14 to zero right and then yeah and and then i feel like the older i've got and when i started doing the show with bart i picked up some bad habits and so now it's became oh and it's funny because my dad um then like when i would do when i would say it like that or, or like something little like that he would always i would always get a quick text message from my father to correct me say zero you know what i mean right say yeah it, like, properly it, i don't know i feel like it's just i feel like it's just uh I don't know. That's a great question. Now, with the, but would you really say hey, it's it's five zero seven? Wait, well, that's what I'm saying. You, but you it is a it is a zero. It's not okay. a letter. It's too early for this, man. I work nights <laughs> now. I don't. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Let's talk about the NCAA tournament. That's why. That's why we have you on. So uh, first, let's start with Wisconsin. Uh, and Colgate in this game. And then I want to get your thoughts on the, the team that they're going to play after they get by Colgate, and that's Iowa State LSU. And I've got my own thoughts on this. Uh, so first, uh, you're giving them, I'm assuming, a good chance of winning this game against Colgate, I would think. Yeah, they're going to win the game against Colgate, but I think it's actually going to be a closer game than a lot of people expect. Colgate's actually, you know, a lot of these teams, if you look at some of these teams, especially these mid-major teams or these lower-seeded teams, they got off the slow starts to the season. There was probably some injuries involved. There was a lot of COVID involved in the beginning of the season. And they're one of those teams that got hot at the right time. So, like, as far as the point spread, I actually really like this matchup for Colgate. I think it's going to be a little bit of a sweat for the Badgers down the stretch. But 
I like Wisconsin this year more than I have in the past, and I always like them. I always pick them to go to at least the Sweet 16 because I'm a big Greg Gard guy. Uh, but this year, I like them more than usual. Like, I just filled out a bracket a couple minutes ago, the last one that I do every year in my buddies league, my big money league. And, like, I'm thinking about picking them all the way to the Elite Eight, maybe even to the Final Four, because the difference between this team Mm-mm. and years past – now. Like, I'm going to exclude the team with Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker. Right, that okay. Awesome. They went to the national championship, and they had two guys that could get buckets at the end of games. But that's exactly what they have this year. It's not going to be like, oh, man, we're down two with eight minutes to go. Let's draw something up for Brad Davison. You know, he's a luxury having him there for the 15th year to knock down some shots and play some defense and take a charge and die for some loose balls. But it's Johnny Davis's team, and I think he's one of the five best players in the country. I think he's going to be an awesome pro. If you could score from anywhere on the floor. My favorite two players are actually in the Big Ten, man. Everybody keeps talking about, like, Chet Holmgren. I like the kid from Iowa, Keegan Murray, yes. and I love Johnny Davis. I love Johnny Davis. So okay. that's why the Badgers will win this game. But yeah. I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people expect. I think a lot of these games are going to be closer than people expect, like more than usual, because these mid-major teams are good, man. And the top teams, like, you know, they're all one-and-done guys now. You know, like, like look at Duke. They, they can't defend a chair. Duke plays no defense. But they also have four guys that are projected to go in the t- in the first round. So who's to say they don't go on a run now? Talking with Ryan Horvath, <laughs> BetMGM tonight. Uh, Odyssey, download your app today. Follow him on Twitter at Ryan Horvath. So Ben Worrell from BadgerBlitz.com. I heard him this morning say the Badgers, I want to say he said, played 18 games this year in which the outcome was to, uh, decided by two possessions or less uh, at the end of a game. That means it's going to be probably close. So that's what history says with the Badgers. So I don't disagree necessarily with you on that. Where I do disagree is I don't think this team is making that type of run. I Like if, if, I, if I were to pick, I, I would say that Iowa State beats LSU and the Badgers lose to Iowa State. And that's where this thing ends in, in round one. Johnny Davis, through the first half of the year, looked like uh, you know, one of the best players in college basketball. And he's a Naismith finalist yeah. and so forth. Uh, in the last second half of the year, I don't think he's been as consistent showing up and looking like that player like he was in the first half of the year. And in large part, part of that is these teams have adjusted and realized, look, yeah. we're going to take you away and let's see if Ben Davidson and if Davidson can get hot, not Ben Davidson, but if Davidson can get hot, fine. So be it. Tyler Wall obviously is key. For me, I look at the Badgers and say, in order for them to make a run, like you're suggesting, then Davison and Wall both have to shoot really well consistently game to game in order for them to have a chance. Because without that, I, I think it's going to be really difficult. Even with Chucky Hepburn, who's offensively has really grown leaps and bounds here in the last few weeks, I still think it's a difficult ask uh, unless, you know, Johnny Davis figures out how to throw up 25 a night. Yeah, and no, and that's a great point. Like the second half of the season, you could tell like the beginning of the year, everybody knew who he was, but now they're game planning against them. And they've played 21 games, like you said, by eight points or fewer. They won 17 of those. That's actually what makes me kind of like them, though, because like they're battle tested. And look at look at the Big Ten, man. Like I know that they let us down last year, but every game is a dog fight. I will say, like they are one of the more fortunate teams in the country. The way that I see that they get beat is. Um, well, they're not going to beat themselves with turnovers. They're second nationally in, in that department. But I think they could shoot themselves out of the tournament. Yes. Right? Because, like, we just got done talking about Brad Davidson. They're shooting only 31% from three, yep. which – and that's even worse than league play and Big Ten play. So, you know, if Brad Davidson has one of those nights where he can't get his shot and, and Johnny Davis is off, I could see them getting beat. Um, 
Who do you, who'd you say you like beating them though? Iowa State. I think Iowa State beats yeah. LSU. LSU's fired their coach, so they got an assistant coach uh, trying to coach yeah. their team. So they're in disarray. Iowa State, to me, there's there's something with Iowa State why I think this this is a thing. This is a thing because, A, I'm a big T.J. Otzelberger fan. I've known him for years. He was a graduate of Thomas More here in southeastern Wisconsin. He's at Iowa State. So this is going to be him coaching at home in front of family and friends at Fiserv uh, and then getting a chance to beat Wisconsin on top of it. And he's a really good coach, I think. So to me, I I, I think Iowa State uh, has a good chance. He's watched Bo Ryan and Greg Gard's offenses for 100 years. So, I mean, he knows what he's getting himself into. Yeah, no, great point right there. And uh, yeah, man, like when I, I covered Iowa State for a couple of years, but Hoiberg was there at the time. And they're everything that you do want in the Cinderella team. They're really good defensively. Um, they're really good in defensive efficiency, turnover percentage, three-point percentage allowed. And then they have that guy. Like in the tournament, I'm picking teams that have that guy that can get buckets at the end of yep. the game. And that's Isaiah Brockington, man. Right. Like I don't understand how Penn State let him go, but he's averaging like 17 points, seven boards. I can see that being the case, but I, I think Wisconsin gets past Iowa State. I think uh, the matchup I have right now, I have Iowa beating Richmond, obviously, and then I have South Dakota State beating Providence. I have Iowa beating them. The team that I think Wisconsin loses to is Iowa. Iowa's really, really good, and I'm, I'm sure Fran will probably let me down as he usually does, but, I mean, they're one of the best offensive teams in the country. Um, Brett, you know, Keegan Murray's awesome. And then they're really good the last month of the season defensively. They've only gotten better. So I, I have that uh, being the team that knocks out um, Wisconsin. But I wouldn't be shocked. I'm with you on Iowa State. I have them advancing, too. I have them beating LSU, which sucks because I actually really like this LSU team. They're, like, tall and lengthy. But Will Wade's gone. They don't have a head coach. Watch them Watch them motivate them to the Sweet Six. Maybe. Something crazy, though. It <laughs> you know? might be. I mean, I, I don't think I can. Can you come up with another team that fired their head coach before the tournament? No. Before the tournament, I, this has to be the first time. I don't remember this ever happening. I don't, I don't think it's ever happened in college basketball history. Before the tournament? No, like the day after the tournament. Sure. Or, you know, maybe like a couple months and then the team rallies and makes the tournament with an interim head coach. Right. But no, I don't remember this. I don't remember this at all. It's been a weird year. Like Memphis brought on Rasheed Wallace. This, this story has been kind of kept quiet. Remember when Memphis was just a mess in the beginning of the year? Right. I think they get beat by Boise State because Boise State has all seniors. But then all of a sudden, uh, Imani Bates leaves the team. He's, he's a projected lottery pick. I guess there's something going on with his dad, too. And then Rasheed Wallace, all of a sudden, who takes over as an assistant coach, he's on the bench with Larry Brown and all those guys for Penny Hardaway. They just send him home. And they're like, well, he's not fired. He's going to be doing everything virtually. So uh, there's been some weird stuff going on in college basketball this year, like with these coaches. I, I have no idea what's going on. All right, let's talk about the other uh, Wisconsin team in this. That's Marquette. They get North Carolina in a round one matchup, uh, and that obviously uh, comes up today. I don't know, man. I, I may, maybe it's a coin flip game, I guess, for me at this point. Marquette hasn't been playing well. So for, it, it's tough. If Marquette gets back to playing like they were on that run and they start knocking down some shots and playing some defense, I think maybe then they have a chance, but rebounding has become a major problem for them. Exactly. And they were so hot, you know, in the beginning of the year. And I like Shaka Smart a lot, but he didn't do anything at Texas. He really hasn't done anything from VCU. But early in the season, like, they've just been like two different teams. And I think a lot of that has to do, I mean, this game is all going to come down to Justin Lewis. Like early in the season, he was less aggressive, less effective. He had 14 games before January 1st, where he averaged 15 points. 
And then in their most three, 13 recent games, like he's been awesome. He's averaging 19 points per game. And he's really efficient. He's doing it, I think, at only like 15 attempts per game, and he's shooting 44% from three. So if they get that version of him, that they've got the second half of the season, then I think that they could win this game against Carolina. But if you get that version of him from the beginning of the year when he was averaging you know, only 15 points and only shooting 25% from three, I think they could get knocked out of this game because Carolina has like three or four guys that could get buckets at the end of games. And I just think I do like what Shaka's doing, man. Um, you never know what you're really going to get defensively. They got some elite defenders, you know, on that team. Like I like Daryl uh, Morsell, but I don't know, like every other, every other game you watch, then they're like giving up easy buckets. So they've just been a tough team to figure out the well, second half of the season. I picked North Carolina to knock them out and I picked them against the spread too. I, I just think this is a terrible matchup. I'm hoping that maybe when Shaka gets his own guys, he could do. But what was he? 0 and three in the tournament. Yeah, but, but Ryan, no Ryan, he's only got two guys from Mojo's team. The rest of this are all transfers uh, or his recruits. Right. That's the whole team. He's got two guys from Mojo's team before him. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I think you got to give. I mean, we got to give him. I mean, it was a. Were you expecting this season? I no. thought this season was going to be. I thought they were going to be like 500 at best. I think especially it's especially in the Big East, man. Yeah, I think it's been amazing that because I mean it was kind of like a Calipari situation where you got to reset an entire roster and then go compete and play and get chemistry as you play going further into the season. So I think he's done an amazing job at Marquette this year, and Greg Gard deserves a ton of credit too because nobody thought they were a tournament team at the beginning of the year either, Ryan. Yeah, they were projected to finish second to last in the Big yep. Ten, and now. I'm thinking about picking them to make it all the way to the Elite Eight, which don't is crazy. Don't, yeah, don't I mean, I, but, but I also, I would not be shocked if Marquette did beat North Carolina. Like, North Carolina, same story, just a little bit different. Like, where Marquette was playing great basketball to start the season and then faded away, Carolina sunk in the beginning of the year. And then the second half of the season, they catch fire, and then everybody took notice because they beat Duke. But again, I think Duke's a little bit overrated. Yes. Even though they have a bunch of pros, they just don't play any defense. So, Carolina could play one stinker and get knocked out. It happened to him last uh, week in the ACC tournament. So it wouldn't well, shock me, but I did, I did pick Carolina to win that game. There he is, Ryan Horvath from BetMGM tonight. Uh, Odyssey and, of course, BetQL. Make sure to download that Odyssey app today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. So we've got some news on Allen Robinson. Remember, we have that poll question up, which I guess now can officially be dead. Uh, and the poll question was... Uh, who would you want to pair with Devontae Adams from the Wendy's Big Show? And at last check, I haven't checked it lately, at last check, Allen Robinson uh, was leading the way over Jarvis Landry, over Julio Jones. He, he was the winner in the clubhouse over the other two. Uh, was that still the case at last check, uh, Adam Roberts? Uh, yeah, by a wide margin. Wide margin. So Allen Robinson was target number one for Packer fans. A lot of other people tweeting in rookies they wanted and so forth. Okay. Well, so now we have uh, some breaking news uh, as well here on the Fan Powered by Odyssey and presented by BetQL. Become a better sports better. Get smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. What do you got? Per Tom Pellicero and others, the Rams are signing wide receiver Allen Robinson Three years, $46.5 million deal, and Pelissero says the fully guaranteed amount, $30.7 million. $30.7 million. So Allen Robinson goes to the Rams, and he'll be there with Robert Woods, obviously, who is still there coming off of injury next year. I'm not sure how much of the season he's going to miss. He probably will miss probably 
a good portion of the season, I guess would be my guess. Um, so he's gone, or he'll be back at some point. And OBJ is still a free agent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a, another one. That's a good pickup for the Rams. Again, they just reload every year and keep going right back at it again, no matter what happens. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll see what, what, what goes on there. Still no word on what is going on uh, with um, our guy Deshaun Watson as of yet. However, there is some movement on Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Baker Mayfield apparently is going to be held hostage in Cleveland and not be allowed to leave. Josina Anderson said the Seahawks had discussed exploring acquiring Baker Mayfield, a quarterback uh, per league sources. Uh, but it sounds like Cleveland's not going to trade him, right? Is that yeah, everything he, you're seeing? He had requested a trade, and they were denying his request. Right. Uh, Brown's not rec- granting Baker Mayfield's request for a trade per league sources from Aaron Wilson. Browns pursued Deshaun Watson, then were informed they are not in the running. Now the relationship with Mayfield is an awkward place. Whether that leads to divorce ultimately remains unclear. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, again, I'm not Cleveland, so I'm not going to sit there and say what they should do or shouldn't do, but I just don't think that's right, man. I mean, you you pretty much told them you didn't want him, and now you changed your mind, and now you decided to keep him. Oh, just trade him and move on. The problem is, who are you going to get back to go in there uh, to replace Baker Mayfield, who's going to be any good at this point. If Watson goes to Cleveland or goes to Atlanta, maybe then, but I don't think they have the cap space to, to take on Matt Ryan uh, if that does happen. All right, take a quick time. I'll come back. Toby Altizer in for Rami Makhlouf today at 3 o'clock. We'll see what's coming up on his show next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com, affordable family fun. Get your tickets today. They came up a loser the other night, but that's all right. We'll get back on a winning streak again. Continue to rack up those points. Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, Toby Altizer in the house as he gets ready to fill in for Rami Makhlouf coming up here at 3 o'clock. Rami on 670 the score tonight from 6 to 9. That is why he is off of his afternoon show today. What do you have coming up today on the Rami show? Toby Altizer. Yeah, we'll recap some of the Bucks and Kings matchup last night. Talk about Chris Middleton. I don't think we give him the credit he deserves sometimes. Just uh, appreciate Chris Middleton. It'll be Chris Middleton appreciation hour in the first hour of the show. I've done that before on postgame shows. I've been there and done it, yes. We'll talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament, what's going on there. And then I want to talk about Brian Gutekinst. Is there more pressure on him now since Aaron Rodgers has signed that large extension? We'll do draft mockery at 445, do some pick a lane. Who's doing draft mockery? I believe Evan is. Ooh, Applefinger again. I think we're going to do college team names. Oh, Okay. Go along with the tournament, and then we'll have Don Wachillis on ahead of the sports show tonight, 545, and then his show comes up at 6. Talk about all the things that have happened today, some good games, and then basically it'll turn into a Marquette postgame show. So let me ask you this. When we talk about uh, Goody and Murphy and Russ Ball, the question we had on the Wendy's Big Show was, how much credit do you give those guys for keeping this team mostly together despite the cap issues. Leroy said Aaron Rodgers gets all the credit for keeping this whole thing together. For you, where do you put the credit? Oh, definitely on the guys in the front office. I mean, a little bit goes to Rodgers for working with stuff, but Rodgers is still getting his money. So I don't know that I can give him loads and loads of credit. I think he deserves a little bit, but Russ Ball and Brian Gutekinds being able to keep the team together, 
look, I know people are frustrated that they didn't get the job done last year, but I don't think any of that really falls on maybe a little bit on Brian Gutekinds for not having special teamers in there. And so in that sense, but for your offense and defense were as good as anybody's in the league. At that point, it's the players and coaches' fault for not getting it done on the field. It's Brian Gutekinst and Russ Ball's job to have the best team they can possibly put together on the field, and I think they did that. And it's a credit to them for being able to find a way to bring a lot of those guys back. So I would probably give them 80 to 90% of the credit, a little bit to Aaron for working his deal, but he's still getting his money. He's still getting his money at the end of the day. I, I think they deserve a ton of credit. A lot of people thought they were going to have to gut this thing, have to start it over. They come up with something, some double option bonus or some crap I've never heard of in my life in the CBA uh, and how what they can do to get around it. So, uh, again, I'm not a, I was never a huge Russ Ball fan to begin with, but hey, man, give the man his props, whether it's him or whether it's Rogers agent, whoever figured this thing out to kind of get this thing to work and then to figure out the whole, you know, again, kicking the can down the road, as we like to say, still gives your team a chance to compete for a Super Bowl for the next two to three years. And if you get just one, I think it's all worth it. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Goody to build a team that's going to be able to win right now, which I think he's done, and then continue to do that for the next couple seasons with Rodgers. And then I think it's paramount for him to be able to draft well, for them to be good after Aaron Rodgers, especially the year after Rodgers, whether Jordan loves the quarterback or not, if they're not drafting well, then the Packers Mm -hmm. could go into a long haul of bad play. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 